Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patriots post game show. It is a late one, eleven fifty nine. We're kicking this one off on a school night. Evan Lazar down in Atlanta just got out of the Patriots interviews um, as the Patriots uh, won twenty five to nothing over Atlanta. In what was the game felt about as lopsided as the score, even though the Patriots offense didn't really drop the hammer when it could have. It lingered there at 13, nothing for a bit. But all in all, I mean, it's not a lot to complain about in a pretty complete performance on a short week. Um, and the Patriots did what many people thought they would do. They went down and dominated a team that they should uh, dominate. Um, so uh, initial impressions off of this one, Evan, before we kind of dig deep into what we saw. Well, the, the theme of the podcast this week with Alex yesterday previewing the uh, the game was TCOB, take care of business, right? Just a right. short week against a shorthanded Falcons team and the aesthetic. It, it wasn't going to be a, a Picasso. It wasn't going to be the Mona Lisa in a couple of days. But come down here to Atlanta, take care of business, get a W, keep yourself – keep the train on the track, so to speak. And now you have this long layoff, this 10 days with a mini bye week this weekend to get ready for the Tennessee Titans in a showdown with the number one seed in the AFC in, te- in a week from Sunday. So really, I, I know that some people are going to come on here and say the offense didn't play very well. They looked ugly. Uh, the execution wasn't consistent. They had a lot of tr- trouble picking up blitzers from the second and third level of the defense. And Dean Peace really seemed to get a couple over them, quite frankly, in some of those situations. But when you look at the performance as a whole, take care of business, get a W, go home. That's exactly what the Patriots wanted to do here tonight, and that's what they were able to do. Yeah, and again, it's, I mean, sure. I think really you ran into that little rut there in the third quarter where they went three and out, interception, three and out. Uh, You know, Mac probably had a you know probably wants that int throw back there's also yeah. a cu- couple of moments where he held the ball a little bit long on a blitz um you know or that he maybe should have felt the pressure took one weird sack where he almost just wound his way back into the pressure instead of escaping it so he right. didn't have a per- but otherwise pretty much razor sharp accuracy most of the night i mean until that interception his only his only incompletion was on that uh, throw into the end zone where Henry might have run the wrong route. He should have gone corner and he didn't. Um, so, I mean, it was a pretty clean and efficient game. It's just Patriots couldn't finish uh, uh, there and they couldn't stack up enough points to get this, to put this one away early. But the defense was, I mean, you talk about, you know, people at home watching the Patriots, they might say like, oh, weapons or they're not that right. exciting and there's no big plays. But you know what? In the absence of, of of really big plays, 
just being a bully team like they're clearly becoming we, we asked for a while like what is this team what's its identity they're really bullying people up front now you know then you yeah. thought it started with cleveland because they're really tough uh on both sides of the ball up front you know with the with the offensive and defensive lines and they bullied them and then they came out and they absolutely just bullied atlanta um you know all game long whether it was physicality in the running game or just constantly getting pressure on matt ryan i mean it was a really impressive game in that in that regard yeah going into the game the the matchup between the falcons offensive line and the patriots defensive front felt like a mismatch the mismatch atlanta, atlanta is built to be an athletic a fast offensive line they want to run those stretch plays and get yeah. outside and turn the corner and the patriots are a downhill thumping defensive front and you just knew that if they could overwhelm them with power that they were going to be able to really blow up this entire falcons offense and i, I look at really the leaders of this to me and it's a really a joy to watch both Dante Hightower and Jawan Bentley play the run because I I really think that those two guys are you know Judon is obviously a big part of it as well so maybe if you want to make it a trio with those three the heart and soul of this defense right now is those three bringing it from a physical standpoint every single play and I, I asked Judon about that after the game and he said uh, that we want to be a-holes we want to be nasty we want to be a team yeah. that's gonna really beat you up and really carve you up in that sense and having those three guys but really the two off the ball guys Hightower and Bentley reset the line of scrimmage come downhill at every single guard and center trying to climb to the second level and just blow your doors off is i mean the the line of scrimmage was a a muddied pile of bodies the entire yeah. game against the run and then they can also get after it after the after the passer as well but watching them defend the run over the last two or three weeks, maybe even months that we're going on this now, if you want to include that Jets game in there, it, it's a, it's a lot of fun. If you like old school football and you like powerful linebackers and you like 260 pound sledgehammers, the Patriots got two really, really good ones in Dante Hightower and Juwan Bentley. Yeah. And that's, what's funny is like, you know, things that were perceived weaknesses of the team uh, have morphed into strengths. If you had to pick one group, you didn't, you were really worried about. And again, we talked about defensive back depth was an issue, but you knew you had some people back there who could play. And you also thought at that point you were getting Gilmore back, but certainly the linebacking core was a perceived weakness of this team. And Bentley looked a step slow high tower. It took him a few games to kind of right. get himself up to speed. Uh, and all of a sudden uh, it's a complete, I mean, Van Noy also probably came out of the gate a little bit slow as well. It's a really impressive deep group now that's making a ton of plays. Yeah, you look at pretty much every single running play, just watch 54 and 8 just come down at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And just these guards, you know, Chris Lindstrom Smashing into guards. Is, a, is a great guard. At right guard, Chris Lindstrom is one of the better guards in all football. And they just come downhill and it's – and you see the, the line just cave in from yeah. that point on when those guys are coming downhill at them. And, and it's, it's awesome to watch. And then you really have a defensive line that's able to keep them clean at the second level is able to keep those climbers from really getting up to them early. And they have to respect Godshaw. They have to respect Lawrence guy and Christian Barmore. So you're able to kind of muddy it up on the defensive line and allow those guys to roam free and come downhill on their own and, and really crack people. And, and that's how this defense has gotten back 
into this dominant groove that they've been in has been just being a more physically overpowering uh, football team. And then you start to throw a healthy Kyle Van Noy into the mix as well. And now you have a really deep linebacking corpse as well. Cause over the last couple of weeks, Van Noy has been a different player than what he was to start the season. And he talked about it on NFL network. And then he tweeted about it earlier in the week when Dan Orlovsky gave him a shout out on Twitter. And he said, I'm finally getting healthy. So now you have Judon and Hightower and Bentley and Van Noy. And you just go deeper and deeper into this linebacking groups where Josh Uj ends up on IR. Jamie Collins ends up on IR, and it's still a strength of your team because you matter. have so it's much crazy. wave of depth there that it's just it's a really impressive, impressive group. And to me, that's the heart and soul of this defense right now is that second level Bentley and Hightower coming downhill and cracking every single offensive lineman in their path. Yeah, and it's that grown man football, you know, that they've yeah. adopted. Oh, adopted, you know, you know, Bill loves it, right? They've you adopted that, that moniker it. now, and they love yeah. it. And 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 that's the thing is, there's something to be said for knowing that you can go in and physically dominate teams, even teams that have some physicality. Obviously, more so last week with a team like the Browns, and that's what you're facing. And and we'll get to what's coming, but you know, that's what you're facing when you take on Tennessee next week, right? And then you've got the Bills twice, and certainly defensively, that's going to present a challenge. So. That it's physical both sides of the ball. This team, this, I mean, the Patriots have had teams that could run the ball before and Latin, the Cam Newton year was a bully ball year. I've never seen them in, in uh, all the years covering them run as violently as they do right now yeah. with the two headed monster of, of Harris and, uh, and Stevenson. And now that you've got the offensive line back and you've got, you know, Trent Brown out there kicking out and friggin' smoking people on yeah. the edge and yeah. creating these holes. They are, I mean, the sound that makes when those, when those guys are, I mean, they hit it hard. I mean, Stevenson had the best run I've seen in the last five, uh, I don't know how many years for Patriots when they got called back with the hole yeah. Uh, yeah. with Andrews, uh, right. which was unbelievable. But I mean, they are running into people. They are seeking out contact. And uh, you know, what is it? seven straight games or something with 120 yards or, or, or whatever they're, they're running the ball as well as anybody in the league. And it, it really, I think a lot of people sort of get caught up in body blows and does that actually matter? And how much a lot of the analyst community talks about body blows, right? And, and is that really that big of a factor? But I think what you see with this Patriots team over the last month or so is that body blows definitely matters because they just take the will of the opponent. Right, they yeah, just and you see how they tackle the as the game goes on. Right. They're like olaying them to the ground. They don't want to take the contact head on. That gets right. you two and three extra yards on each run. It's just one of those instances where, you know, the rest of the league, and this didn't work all the time, right? 19, 20, uh, those teams weren't this team necessarily in, the, in that respect because they, they wanted to build the 19 team and then to a lesser degree last year was kind of a wash, but the 20 team as well as this bully ball overpower everybody, everyone else is going underside fast. We're going to go big and strong, but now they really feel like they, they've found that balance of being athletic and explosive in certain areas of their team, but then being physical and big and strong in the, in the primary areas in the trenches. And, and they opened great running lanes all the game long. And I felt like going into this game, they were going to have to be able to run the football effectively because Dean Peace was going to be ready for Mac Jones and he was going to spin the dial on Mac. And it was going to be a little bit harder in the passing game than maybe you wanted it to see or wanted it to be. 
but they were able to to really just impose their will in the trenches for going on what five games now essentially i i always throw the jets game out because jets but four games against decent teams whatever you want to count atlanta or not i also want to talk about the defense on kyle pitts because this yeah. was all they got right yeah, and they hold them to three catches for 29 yards and they really i mean some of it there were some instances where the pass rush obviously bailed out the coverage maybe once or twice where Pitts could They got very lucky on that field. one on that one where JC Jackson and Jalen Mills yeah ran, ran yeah, into ran each into, other because Pitts right. would have broken free. But yeah, the rush got there and there's nothing Ryan could yeah, do. Right. And and you look at just the overall performance of how they defended Kyle Duggar. Yes. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, they want me to move, so I'm going to move in a second. But uh, you, you look at just the way that they defended Kyle, uh, Kyle Pitts, just a kitchen sink type of game uh, yeah. against Kyle Pitts to a degree. But the zone coverage, uh, Bill Belichick pointed that out after the game. Dante Hightower, Joan Bentley, Adrian Phillips, Kyle Duggar were the four guys that he kind of pointed out were the game planned players to to take care of pits, their awareness and zone, their ability to fall underneath uh, over routes and things off of play action to mitigate pits. And Kyle Duggar obviously to make coverage as well to be able to hold them down and, and do different things. Here, let, let me make this move and then take it away john we are back and better than ever all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season as always bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface even more odds props and contests bet online continues to be the number one source for everything football head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code CLNS 50 to receive your bonus from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts you make this move and we'll kind of we'll we'll stall a little bit evan's in the press box in atlanta and apparently he's in a spot where he just can't be (laughs) hanging out right now so i'm seeing him moving right now we're just going to hang out for a little bit and i'll look in the chat and see if anybody has anything interesting to say but yeah all in all great game um i know there's people in the chat here who are kind of digging on mac a little bit yeah Growing pains, rookie stuff. I think there's also the short week, and Evan talked about. Um, Pease threw some stuff at them to throw some wrinkles. You know, they really did need a kitchen sink sort of effort um, tonight. And, you know, they dug deep. They, they uh, you know, the Atlanta's defense hung in there and kept Mac a little bit off balance. Uh, what's up, Johnny? Um, and, you know, you would have liked to see them stack up some points. I know what everyone's going to say, and this is what I'm going to talk about with Evan once he does get situated again. Um, you know, everyone wants to see that continued growth with Mac. I think the Cleveland game did a lot to, like, make people feel better about things. But the two games prior to that were kind of sloppy, slightly regressing sort of Mac games. And, Evan, we'll, 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 we'll kick it up with you here. Um, I know you were listening as you were going, but this is where I was going to take the conversation on Mac is, you know, you do still, you love the way the Patriots are playing and they're still playing, um, you know, managed football. So to say, you could even tell early here, 
there was an opportunity to be aggressive fourth and three on the other side of the 50 um, first drive of the game. And the, and Bill decided to punt thinking why give Atlanta a short field here and give them a chance to take the lead. They're not going to be able to hang with us. Let's pin them deep and let's play our game. So it was obviously right. a game where they thought the defense will win it. We'll stay conservative. The play calling was relatively conservative for most of the game. Um, so again, it's, kind of Mac and bubble wrap, so to speak, where we've yet to see a game where Mac has to win it really, or try to go out there and do it. And I think that's what people kind of want to see. Um, you know, he's phenomenal at managing the game right now and he's, you know, doing everything that he has to do to win. But if you get in that shootout, if you get down, you know, can you come back sort of thing? And again, you want to see one of these days, Mac just light it up, you know, and have his 375 yard game with right. four TDs. Um, and I well, don't know if that's he yeah, did light that, it up to a degree against Cleveland, right? I think if you you look at that Cleveland game and the he Patriots did the yardage defense, was low, but that's all they needed. But yeah, yeah. It, was, it was super efficient though, right? And super if he efficient. had to throw for over 300 yards in that game, he would have thrown for over 300 yards in that game early on in this game. And you and you put the stats up there, and it is crazy that we're talking about Mac just having a mad game when he was 22 of 26. He right, I mean exactly the entire game. And he yeah. made one bad decision on the interception. And it just so happens that that's the standard that we're sitting uh, setting for Mac in a lot of ways. And uh, look, I, I could really care less to some degree about the style point, especially on a Thursday night. And I do think there were some throws individually. The crossing route to Hunter Henry made a nice slide up in the pocket to throw to Kendrick Bourne on a first and 20 and gains 19 yards. I actually thought the throw that he made on third down to Jacoby Myers uh, right before halftime I got them into field goal range. It would have been about a 54, 55 yard field yeah, goal. Yeah, he was sharp. I think there's two passes he should have he should have made. One to one to Myers, one to Henry. Um, yeah. At least one of both of them might have been on third down. And then you said the the interception and the and the one in the the, the end zone where Henry might have run the wrong route were really the only other ones. Everything was right where it needed to be. Um, I'll even say I don't know if you got a chance to look at it, you know, from your vantage point, but. You know, yeah. John, John Smith got out jumped by a smaller guy uh, for that ball and didn't really come back to it too strong. So I don't know, you know, your general opinion on that pick, whether it was a terrible throw or just an aggressive throw and his guy didn't make the play. So the way I look at the interception, I actually think it's a really great play to break down at a teaching sort of moment for Mac Jones, because on the backside of the, of the play, is A.J. Terrell, who's the player that came up with the interception. Yep. A.J. Terrell might as well be their J.C. Jackson. Right? Yeah, he's, he's their a, guy. He's, he's their he's lockdown ball guy. Hawk, right? He, just go, he has a great feel and great instincts uh, for the football and has just kind of a ball magnet. So it's a like danger zone sort of throw. So right. That guy's people, lurking. Don't put it up for him. So they ran yeah. four verticals. Right, they had the two out and ups on the outside on the double moves, but it was it was a it was a four verticals concept out of a, a heavier package. I think they might have even been in, uh, in twenty two personnel on the play. I want to say, or maybe it yeah. was just straight twelve. But they had both tight ends on the field. They tried to run the four verticals concept, and they got four verticals against cover three, which is exactly what they wanted, right? Because you only right. have three deep guys, and you have four guys streaking down the field. The defense can't stay over the top of everybody. So what Mac does is he looks down the left side 
to try to move the zone over there with his eyes to the left. And he thinks, I'm going to look down the left side. I'm going to come back to the right. And, and I'm going to have Johnny wide open up the seam. And when you actually look at it, and especially from my vantage point in the press box, Johnny does flash up the seam for a second, right? You do see him kind of get open and, and create that, uh, that flood on that deep third. But A.J. Terrell is just one of those types of players that just has a great knack for finding the football and a great feel for where the quarterback's going to go with it. So Mac thinks I'm staring left, I'm holding the defense over to the left, and I'm going to bang it right. And what ends up happening is Terrell kind of read his book, right? Terrell knew exactly what was going to happen. I, I saw a lot of people on Twitter reacting to it and saying, oh, well, uh, he had Nikhil Harry wide open down the sideline. No, he didn't really have Nikhil Harry wide open on the sideline because A.J. Terrell vacated the sideline. Yes, he was, open at, he was open after the fact. Right. right. So yeah. it, that, the, the, if, if you want to kind of say, ask a question of where should Mac have gone with the football in that instance, and I would have just checked it down, right? They, yeah. they had it pretty well covered, and I probably would have just checked it down to Damian Harris and lived to play another day. So that was one instance. Dean Peace did a nice job of forcing Mac to check the ball down for a lot of this game, throw the ball underneath zone coverage for a lot of this game. And finally, he tried to take the chance. He tried to take the uh, the shot down the field, and it just it just burned him, right? It just bit him in the in the butt. And that's right one of those butt, plays, right. yeah. And that was one of those plays where you can learn from it and say, okay, you know, I tried to look it off. I tried to hold the safety, and he was really only thinking about the safety in the middle of the field, and he wasn't necessarily thinking about the outside corner. But when you have a guy like Terrell, who's a really good ball hawk, you got to think about the whole structure. And if yep. you're Josh McDaniels, when you go into the the film room with Mac tomorrow and they break down that play, they're going to talk about sticking to your reads right and staying disciplined on the read and understanding where everybody is and the displacement of all the corners and, and knowing where everybody is in that back end because he was focused on holding the post safety in the middle of the field towards the left so that he could come back up the seam to the right and he lost Terrell. Yep. Yep. Um so teaching moment, learning moment for uh yeah. for Mac Jones but again, you're right pretty nitpicky to say like, Oh, Mac didn't have a great game when he's 22 out of 26. Um, right. you know, and, and, and really did not, uh, did not make a lot of mistakes here. And again, this was a don't make mistakes sort of game, uh, that the Patriots had to play because I really think they knew, uh, Atlanta's going to have a tough time putting up points. Um, and so, you know, 17 or 20 was probably going to win this one. And that's really all you needed to get here. You did not need to light up the scoreboard. Um, to win uh, other thoughts here. Again, we finally got to see something out of Nelson Aguilar um, in probably the most open touchdown I've ever seen anybody score. I mean, I, <laughs> there's, <laughs> you, you don't see guys get that open in the red zone, like 10 yards short of the goal line and still run into the end zone untouched, but uh, nice to get the ball in his hands and see his speed. I mean, he took off like a bullet there. Uh, Nikhil Harry got involved with a couple of catches early. Uh, he was seeing some uh, action there in three receiver sets for a little while. Uh, didn't see much uh, action from Nikhil later in the game. Tried to get Janu involved a little bit as well. Um, so, you know, spreading the ball around a little bit. Kendrick Bourne still doing what he does well. So I'm pretty balanced overall, uh, I think, offensively. Yeah, if I had to take a positive out of Nelson Aguilar, because I looked at the touchdown, was it was great to see him end up in the end zone, and I'm sure he was excited to score and all that kind of yeah. stuff. But the one thing that really stood out 
was they were finally hitting some of those stop routes along the sideline yeah. where, you know, the corner gets pushed up the field by the vertical stem and then he just yeah. sits it down and he gets hit with it right in his chest. And you see those types of plays. You consistently start to put those comebacks, those stop routes, whatever you want to call them, on tape. And corners now have to think about that, right? Now they have to respect it a little bit more. And hopefully that will open up some of the deep shots down the field from there. You can kind of build compliments off of those. And maybe you get a little stutter and go or a little double exactly. move or something like that to kind of uh, work and compliment off of those types of plays. So in a lot of ways for a deep threat like a Nelson Aguilar, uh, hitting on those quick stop routes or underneath the defense four or five times a week is just as important as hitting on the one big one because that's how you got to get some balance in your route tree and get those guys to respect some of that. So I think overall with the offense, though, you tip your cap to Dean Peace. He did a great job of spinning the dial and also a couple of instances on those blitzes that we talked about earlier. The Patriots didn't seem too prepared for some of those blitz packages that Peace threw at them. They weren't a big blitzing team especially from the defensive back level. A lot of those blitzes were uh, corner and safety blitzes, right? And if you're doing that as a defensive coordinator against an offense, uh, you're honestly throwing the kitchen sink at the offense. When you start yep. blitzing safeties and DBs from everywhere yep. and all that stuff, that's a, that's a trick that defensive coordinators use when they feel like they got nothing else. If we just line up. Got to make something happy, right? We're going to get steamrolled. Right. Right. And the other thing that Belichick pointed out after the game, which I thought was important, uh, was the penalties on offense and on special teams in the return game. Uh, a couple of really big penalties that held them back, right? That that limited big plays or uh, called back big plays. Like you mentioned, the, the hold on David Andrews that wiped out Ramondre Stevenson's big run. Johnny Smith got called. Nikhil Harry on a 16-yard jet sweep right. there. Right. right. That was Gets another one. Back. Uh, they got a lot of, and that was a hold on Janu there. I think on that yeah. one, which was yeah. marginal, but still right. You knocked right. off a few plays uh, with those for sure. Yeah, and then you also just sort of look at uh, some of the return game stuff, and you start t talking about field position, right, and having to drive eight seventy five eighty yards at a time instead of being able to go and have a shorter here or there or something like that. And the turnovers for the Patriots defense didn't really happen until late. So it wasn't one of those games where the Patriots had a ton of really short fields to work with offensively. You know, looking at the drive chart, you see a lot of New England begins from the 25, from the 34, from the 24, from the 40, from the 32. Uh, basically every single drive except that last drive uh, of the game after Adrian Phillips's interception, I think it was, which was, a, you know, Felipe Frank's garbage time interception. Every other drive started in their own territory. So you're yep. talking about having to drive the entire field. And I, I think that that's a little bit more difficult as well. Yeah. Um, another thing, a uh, couple players we haven't touched a ton on, which I think deserve some attention. Um, we, we talk about him a little bit every week, but Barmore, again, was constantly, yeah. constantly uh, involved uh, in the action. And for the first time, actually, uh, for people watching at home, uh, the, 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 the broadcast team uh, was getting in on it, um, you know, and just pointing out consistently how many plays, uh, you know, he was making and how disruptive he's been. And the other one is Duggar is playing fast. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness gracious. It yeah, looks like has. if anything that was holding him back, whether it was something mental that kept him from unleashing 
all of his fury uh, and, and all of the physical tools that he has, which is what made him kind of jump off the page and why he was drafted in the first place. And you heard people talking about him this week, like how in the world is a freak athlete? Like how did this yeah. guy end up in D2 being what a beast he is and what a specimen, but Oh my goodness. You talk about noise, you know, when he comes in and he hits and he wraps and he's just throwing people to the ground. And then he did a good job on pits and coverage and coverage was an area that we've had some concern uh, with yeah. Duggar over in the past. And he looks way more confident in all aspects of the game, but the physicality just jumps off the screen now. Yeah, there was one. I really was watching Kyle Duggar closely. Once I started yeah. uh, on that third down press breakup, I was like, he might be having himself a game tonight, right? Like this yeah. guy might be having one of those huge games. And for my initial viewing and for my money, that was the best Kyle Duggar game I've seen him play. I think it's the best game he's played. Yeah. Yeah. And he played a really, really good game against Baltimore last year. That was kind of his coming out party as the the force defender on Lamar Jackson's side. And he kept on, uh, you know, shutting down those quarterback run plays towards his direction with Lamar. In terms of coverage, that was the best I've seen him play. And this is coming off the heels last week of having the near pick six interception of Baker Mayfield in that little rotation that they did with the cover two shell. So you look at some of the different techniques he's playing, uh, playing better in man coverage, but also playing really, really well in zone coverage. And some of the click and close is just incredible where uh, they throw the ball into his zone and he's just on it, right? Just instantly on the guy and making some really, really good stops and tackling and in zone coverage as well. And the Patriots need that. If they're going to sit in two and they're going to sit in cover three against these teams, they're going to need to swarm and tackle. They're not yeah. going to be – they can't give up yards after the catch sitting in zone coverage. And Kyle Duggar is a big reason why they're not giving up yards after the catch because he is swarming to the football. But the man coverage stuff against Kyle Pitts was even more impressive. Super I haven't impressive. seen him cover in man uh, that well at all in his NFL career against arguably – a. I mean, he's already third in the league in receiving yards among tight ends. So he's a top three, four tight end in the league already in Kyle Pitts. And and Duggar, essentially, not all in his own. You know, they had some zone coverage mixed in. You had some over-the-top help sometimes in the deeper parts of the field on Pitts, it looked like. But for the most part, they didn't – there wasn't wrinkles on him. They were just putting guys on him, and Duggar was on him a bit. Uh, yeah, really, they yeah. Jam, he jammed him. He played, you know, kind of soft press where you you kind of mirror instead of jam. He played inside leverage cover two, outside leverage cover one. Was it Duggar who jammed great. him on the pick that Ryan yeah, threw? That was Duggar just yeah. smothered him on the interception. And then Pitts kind of yeah. gave up on the route, and Ryan had, yeah. was facing pressure, yeah. lofted he, it. Yep. He was everywhere. Yeah. He was effective. And you look at the multitude, and we talk about this with Pat's defensive backs all the time. How much can they handle, right? How many different techniques, how many different roles in the yeah. secondary can they play? And this is a guy that can play everything from uh, in the box against the run, on the edge against the run, man-to-man, uh, cover two, cover three techniques in the middle of the field, deep safety if you want to put him back there. He can play free or he can play too high. And you put all these roles together that he can play, and it, it really is exciting what he can become. And then you combine that with Christian Barmore, who I think the main thing that sticks out with me with Barmore is that he does it every single play, every single week. You know, you have some of these rookies, and I've talked about this with Alex a bunch. The guy, the guy that we keep all coming back to is Winovich, right? 
Chase Winovich had a great rookie year. He had eight sacks or something like that in his rookie season. And he had all these flashes, right, that that were really impressive. But he wasn't doing it down to down, play to play. Christian Barmore is in the backfield, pushing the pocket, applying pressure on the quarterback, playing well against the run. And he's now on a string of four or five weeks in a row of doing this every single time he steps on the field. Yeah. And that's that's how you know you have a stud, right? Because some rookies flash. They, they have good flashes yeah. here and there. Winovich, Uche, uh, they certainly had flashes in their rookie seasons on defense for the Patriots. But when you can put it all together every single week and play as well at such a high level like Christian Barmore has as consistently as he has, uh, that's how you know you have a really good one. That, that's how you know you have a stud. Yeah. Um, sorry, one second. Um, the uh... – um, and as you said, uh, you know, it, it's every single game with Barmore. I mean, and, yeah. it's, and, it, and it really is down to down, which is super impressive. The other thing you mentioned, which I think is such a huge thing, is the tackling. Um, every single Patriots, uh, every every elite Patriots defense or one that's taken them far, it, it, that's such a key uh, of those defenses is being able to tackle the D-backs coming up and tackling no extra yards. You know, if you're going to play and you're going to play some zone or you're going to mix it up and you're yeah. going to let people catch the ball in front of you, you wrap them up instantly. And you're seeing that now. There's really no room to breathe uh, on on, on a, a lot of this stuff right now. They are swarming to the football and it's such a big deal. It's also, it's just interesting the different types of defense you had for a couple of years. Those Gilmore-led teams where it was cut it was from the from the you know the d-backs on right, up the, right. the coverage dictated everything you didn't have to do anything quarterbacks had nowhere to throw the ball eventually the rush would get there now the rush is getting there right now there is constant pressure on people you know uh, and a push up front uh, and it's just making all of those guys jobs easier as we said that the pick um, that uh, that was thrown there uh, the, by Ryan, the one that we referenced when Duggar jammed Pitts was really a cover. A, 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 the pass rush just got to him. He threw it to a spot where he thought his receiver might be, but he couldn't see where he was throwing that ball. He just yeah. kind of lofted it up there. Pitts had broken off his route, and McCordy dove in there and made the play. So uh, it's you know right now they've really got a, a lot going for them on the defensive side of the ball, and they keep talking about it too, like. We're elite, man. We're going to be, I mean, are are you buying it? I mean, just think Uh, back to the, think back to the concern we had during the Gilmore and the, how perplexed everybody was like, there were problems in this secondary before this and now no Gilmore, what are they going to do? And then uh, almost like that, um, every game since that trade, they've been playing at an elite level. Well, I think that they have a formula now, right? They yeah. really and I, mean, I know the zone stuff and everything that's yeah. kind of changed the approach. Yeah. So first and second down, all these teams, Atlanta included, they hired Arthur Smith uh, because in Tennessee, Arthur Smith would scream schemed up all these deep shots off of play action off of Derrick Henry, right? Derrick Henry would be the battering ram. Everybody would load the box to stop Derrick Henry, and then they'd hit him with AJ Brown and and uh, uh, Corey Davis and and the tight ends behind that on play action. And that that's the whole league right now. On first and second down, it's we're gonna sprinkle in the run enough that we're gonna have have you respected enough that we're gonna hit these play action shots down the field. And the Patriots have answered that by playing a mix of cover two and cover three. Some downs you get cover two, some downs you get cover three, and they're able to go middle of the field open or middle of the field closed in zone coverage and be able to shut you down either way. So now when the quarterback drops back to pass, 
it could be either, right? It could be single high, it could be too high, and you have to decipher that after the snap. That early down foundation, when you add on the fact that nobody can run the ball against them, that has really allowed them to get into second and long, third and long, and be able to then unlock their man coverage stuff. So all of it, as the lights turn off on me, is <laughs> first and second the down. The picture looks great, actually. There we go. First yeah. and second down, early down zone, right? We're playing cover two. They're playing yep. cover three on early downs, first and second down. Once we get into second and long and third and third down in general, then comes the band coverage comes back, right? Yep. And then we're getting the four and five man rush. And then you're front. getting after the quarterback, right? right. Yep. Yeah. So it all is marrying together right yep. now. And, and event, yeah. I, I don't know if any, the reason why I believe in it is not just because of the talent. I don't know if in season anybody is going to be able to pick up on it yet, right? This is something that, I remember when they ran all that zero pressure in, in 2018 towards the end and then 19 for the first half of the season. And all of a sudden, they all these teams, they, they, they figured it out, right? Yeah. They, they just kind of figured it out. I don't know if they're going to figure this out for the Patriots right away. This could be something that takes an offseason. Well, it depends. Going who- back and looking at it. I, I think also it depends who you're facing. Like, can you do that against a Dak Prescott? No, like it, I, that's the key. So the it started with Dak, right? That it started that, there, but yeah. Right. But the problem is, is when they went up against the Cowboys, and and this really speaks to all of it. Uh, when when they went up against the Cowboys, uh, the the Dallas offensive line was able to keep Dak clean. And yeah. if you're going to sit back in these zone coverages, and you're going to drop seven guys into cover three or seven guys into cover two and you're going to rush four, if you don't get home with those four guys, then you're going to have a long day because these quarterbacks, especially veteran QBs, are going to have the patience. The ones that can read the defense and aren't. And that's the thing. You're running this. This makes sense against, like, the modern-day QB that – you know, extends plays this with their legs, giving Mahomes all sorts of exactly. problems in Kansas City are these two high shells. You know, exactly. And, well, see, a couple of weeks when uh, when they play Josh Allen, he's a perfect example of a guy that could really have some trouble uh, yep. with what they. Have That's been what doing, I mean. You know, it's the next gen QB, uh, uh, and we're talking Allen and Mahomes. This is yeah. the type of strategy where you're right; they might not figure it out right away because right. they're not mature. Like Allen, I don't know you. You've seen Allen revert to 2019 Allen already a couple a of bit, games yeah. this year, you know, and then other times not. Um, so yeah, he can make a ton of plays, but this is a type of defense designed to play a quarterback like Allen, and so you've got them coming up twice uh, now in the next four games. So let's talk about it. How do you think the Patriots are situated here um, looking ahead before we wrap um, to, to, to face the schedule. And I just want to pull up the graphic because this is really it. And this is, it's this stretch in the schedule where you're going right. to be like, damn, I wish there were eight and three instead of seven and four. You really wish there was some cushion because two and two out of here wouldn't be terrible, uh, but it's still challenging um, to get there because you're looking at Tennessee Buffalo twice and Indy who's playing well and playing a lot better than their record um, with, with the buy sprinkled in there. Uh, it's a tough stretch here. Let's just start with um, the Titans next week down. Yeah. Obviously Derek Henry, which completely changes the complexion of their offense yes. completely changes it. Um, and, and also Julio who hadn't been making an impact, but it's one less person you have to worry about that offense becomes a lot easier to, uh, to defend uh, nowadays. I'm actually fairly bullish on, uh, uh, you know, for the Patriots' chances in this game. 
I am as well because I, I already watched the, uh, the Saints game, the Titans-Saints game from a couple weeks ago because they're playing the Texans on Sunday. That's not a real game. They're going to take the <laughs> Right, right, right. I don't even you're know. You're not going to learn anything it. there. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to learn anything about the, the Titans from playing Houston. So looking at that Saints tape, the Saints actually did limit their offense quite a bit, but they had Trevor Simeon on the other side, and they really couldn't do much offensively and the Titans barely won that game against New Orleans anyway. So I look at this Titans team, and they are getting Taylor Lewan back. They're, they're starting left tackle, so maybe they'll be a little bit better on the ground against New Orleans. New Orleans really controlled that matchup in the trenches, and that's supposed to be a strength for the Titans, right? If they can't run the ball effectively, that's how their entire offense starts. I know. It's, it's by, the foundation is the running game. And they kind of break off of that. So they actually had to go into a lot of their spread Tannehill and the shotgun type of stuff against New Orleans. And, and it really didn't work. And New Orleans used a lot of cover, too, uh, to give Ryan Tannehill problems. So I, I look at what New Orleans did and what the, they had the blueprint they kind of put on paper for the Patriots. And I think the Patriots can probably execute it just as well, if not better. And the Pats offense, I have more faith in than Trevor Simeon and, and what the Saints were able to do on that day. So I look at this matchup against the Titans, and I, I say the Patriots should win this game. It's a home game. The Titans don't have their best player on their entire roster in Derrick Henry uh, in this game. Uh, they don't have the same running game without him. I, I don't think Ryan Tannehill should pick you apart, especially with the way that that passing game has been shorthanded. No, and they're well. going to throw everything they have out of it at AJ Brown here. So that's yeah. going to be a. Yeah, you know. I, I really do think the Patriots should win this game against the Titans. The Bills games will be interesting. Uh, Indy in the middle of it. Well, they have the bye week, right? It's Titans. Bye week in between. Titans Bills. at right. Bills, bye Colts, uh, and then home versus Bills. Uh, right. right. So the bye week will help, I think, leading into that indie game. Uh, but you have to get up for that one too, right? Because the Titans are the number one team in the AFC at home. That's going to be an exciting game. And then obviously the divisional games against Buffalo are, are huge, huge games. But yep. I look at that Titans team and I they just aren't the same team without Derrick Henry. Uh, they really aren't, and they've Rables had Rables had Bill's number though. That's my only. That's that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I hope Bill can get yeah. that out of his head right now. Uh, yeah. Because uh, it, it's interesting because you know that they've survived without Derrick Henry. Uh, Tennessee has, but they just don't. When you watch them on tape, they just don't feel like the same team, right? They they're don't. Not- they're a massive Jekyll and Hyde team too. You know, yeah. the, the, there are weeks where they look like okay, this team's the real deal, and then others where you're like, wow, you know, uh, what happened here? So you don't know right. which one you're going to get. But at the end of the day, I mean. I'm, you just simply look at point differential. Uh, you know, the Patriots and the Bills are uh, head and shoulders uh, uh, ahead of the rest of the AFC uh, in terms of point differential there. And again, some of the Patriots opponents really help there. Uh, but Tennessee, less so. You know, they've had the struggle to get to their uh, to their record or it's been a little harder for them to get there uh, than that. So I'm not going to say paper champions yet, but I don't think that this is a ooh cream of the crop like, you know, yeah, you know, Kansas beat, City, Kansas City Chiefs playing at the height of all right, of their powers right. last year, type of team. Right. I don't think so. Yeah, two weeks ago they they beat the Rams, and now maybe we're learning that the Rams are in a little bit of a rut, right? Yeah. They, they might not be as good as what we thought. They, they demolished were. the Rams, but you're right. right. That was the be- the beginning of the unraveling of of, of the Rams. Of LA, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I, I like the Patriots' chances. I, I anytime you go up again in a game against Ryan Tannehill. And Tannehill is one-dimensional. They can't run the football. 
Yeah. Hey, right. I, I really like their chances in that respect. Yeah. As someone said here in the chat, whoever wins this game, uh, Vrabel or McDaniels gets to replace Bill. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the ultimate successor. Um, so Evan's got a ton of work to do, obviously. So we're going to kind of wrap it I'm up gonna here. I'm going to sleep in this room. I, yeah. me out of this <laughs> I'm afraid he's going to get locked. I have been, I, uh, because of late night television obligations, Evan, I have been locked inside a stadium before <laughs> um, where, where we had to circle it three times trying to find somebody to unchain the doors to get our television crew out of a game. I think it was Anaheim. Um, so, yes, I don't want that to happen to you. But, yeah, um, there's going to be a lot more stuff coming. So uh, check out clnsmedia.com for Evan's write-up on the game and then a ton of stuff coming again tomorrow. Um, as, uh, you know, always check our YouTube channel. We'll have post-game interviews and some more segments going out there and then I'm sure some film stuff coming up over the next yes. couple of days. I'm not sure if you're doing a podcast uh, wrapping yes. this game. Yep. Tomorrow afternoon we'll have a podcast, uh, Patriots Beat Recap Show. Do it tomorrow since uh, really no sense in waiting until after the weekend for this one. So yep. we'll be on tomorrow afternoon probably around 4 or 5 o'clock. Yeah, perfect. So, um, guys, make sure you check that out. We'll be live tomorrow, a little bit deeper dive into this game uh, with Evan Lazar and Alex Barth on the Patriots Beat podcast. Once again, the Patriots win this one 25. To, did they miss an extra point at the end? Is that what happened? Yeah, Evan? Nick, yeah Nick Folk. Do you think that was on purpose to have a 25-point spread? Do you think there's some trolling there? <laughs> The twenty-eight, I, I to, the twenty-eight to three. Yeah, like, oh, oh, okay, come back from twenty-five, guys. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bill hated those questions this week. Every time somebody asked, "Oh, is it nostalgic coming back to the stadium?" He's like, "No, I don't care." <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you expect? He's gonna say, yeah. um, "No," but it is weird. And again, that was, uh, yeah. I obviously I got to cover that game in person. That was one of the more rid ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually got to watch it next to, you know, you gather in the tunnel at the end of those Super Bowls, Evan, and you wait to get in. Right. And so you kind of miss some of the action. You miss some of the best action. I was standing next to Randy Moss watching the, for the last, like the, the, the last two Patriots touchdowns and the overtime one the whole time. So my experience was I got to watch basically half of a Super Bowl next to Randy Moss, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's cooler than any of our stories. Yeah. <laughs> It was neat. I'm yeah. just sitting there and he's just watching it on the tube and just waiting to get on the field. So yeah, that was that was kind of cool. But obviously that was a wild, wild game. It must have been strange yeah. for Patriots kind of walking back in there. Anybody who was a part of that, because uh, it was a surreal experience, I'm sure. Uh, anyway, again, thanks, guys. Uh, 25 nothing. Uh, and we will, uh, like I said, Patriots beat tomorrow for more coverage. Uh, in the meantime, again, thanks for hanging out, everybody.